Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Lift Effect podcast. I am your host, Matt McNeil, founder, clinical director, and director of human performance at Lift Effect, where we assist professional pilots with maintaining better mental health and optimizing their mental skills. The goal of this podcast is simple to help pilots and other high liability professionals and disciplines come out of the shadows to discover how we can live better lives personally and professionally. Join us each episode as we discuss various topics ranging from mental health, mental skills and performance to business, entrepreneurship, and a few other surprises along the way. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Lift Effect podcast, where your host, Carl Keller, and the ever-mercurial Mr. Matt McNeil are here to engage with your all of your senses and your thoughts and your ideas. So how you doing, buddy? Well, <laughs> let me just tell people, we, we, we were sitting here going, okay, well, this is what I think we should talk about. And then Carl just started, he started in on this thing. Oh, uh, and I was like, dude, we should have hit record, man. So straying <laughs> off from anything that we thought, can you just rephrase what you just said to me? Oh my God. We were just rephrase. talking about. You're asking you just go back, me- just re- just repeat. Because I think that we should talk about that today. What we were just talking about. Well, And we- I said, oh, we should have started recording. So I started <laughs> hit the record buttons. Here we are. Well, I started out today by saying, hey, why don't you want to talk about something that's a little bit uh, different from uh, some of our recent conversations. And I was talking about uh, how difficult it is today to have conversations with people because everybody comes, has become so polarized. You're either on the far left or the far right. And it's if you don't agree with everything that that particular side, whoever you're talking to, espouses or believes, you sometimes are perceived as the devil incarnate because why can't, why don't, you know, as an example, you know, in politics, you're either hard left or hard right. Well, there's no middle ground. And um, I was saying sometimes it seems like the only time the hard left and the hard right agree is when someone is espousing something in the middle saying, can we have a conversation that's balanced that both sides try to destroy the middle. There can be no bipartisan, no compromise. Mm -hmm. And I just, I said, sometimes it's just really hard to know how to have a conversation with someone that you know has got very hard beliefs. You're pro-Trump, you're anti-Trump, you're pro-abortion, you're uh, pro-life, you're pro-gun, you're anti-gun. And there can be no meaningful conversation to help educate yourself, educate them. Just have a conversation about, about it because... Most things aren't inherently exclusively evil, although some people may say abortion is evil or guns are evil, but there's, there's, there's mm-hmm. nuances and there's conversations that can be had, but I just sometimes struggle to figure out how, and what I've s- talked to several people going, well, I just don't go around that person anymore because I just, that way I don't have to deal with the issues, and, or I don't talk about anything other than how's the weather. Mm-hmm. So, that's kind of a, makes it for, I can't say meaningless conversation, but it's nice to be able to have an educated, intelligent conversation because I may learn something, I may educate them, and or they may educate me. But how do you communicate with someone like that? And that was the gist of our conversation yeah. when he said, let's hit the button. And I think my, my, my what I had prefaced was before you, you kind of went into that was 
you said maybe we should talk about something funny and i said yeah lighthearted cool, cool let's talk about narcissism because <laughs> I, I actually have some really funny stories from graduate school about narcissism and i deal Go with a lot it. of narcissism i deal with a lot of narcissism not oh i shouldn't have said that okay there's certain personality profiles with certain types and i'm not saying pilots um we we all have narcissistic features you know or, or tendencies but like true narcissisms i i in, actually enjoy working with narcissists um because it's there's there's more to it than just narcissism i mean there's something underneath that that i think is really important but i find my interactions with narcissists especially when i was first getting trained in working with narcissists uh they are hysterical i mean they're like some of the funniest stories i have from of doing therapy uh, and and strategic coaching and stuff with narcissists. I, I they're they're hysterical. I could share some of those. As, but as I would say, regale yeah. us, please. That's probably a better well, topic than mine. But <laughs> no, I, let's talk about yours for a second. Because I, I, so I think that that it's a really good question. Is how do we have these conversations? And I think the easiest, you know, strategy is to recognize that most people i think aren't really in a place to it, certain people shouldn't maybe not most but there are some people that are not capable of having these kinds of conversations they're they're it's too they're too impassioned to be able to have a discussion around it and i think that when a conversation isn't actually really a conversation quote where it's more just somebody trying to convince you to change your mind i don't think that that's a conversation i think that that is evangelizing or um just just trying to cajole somebody into agreeing with you and i don't i don't view that as a any sort of meaningful discourse that's just a a, a, a you know a, a attempt to dominate so i think maybe defining like is this really a conversation that we're trying to have or is it just you're trying to convince me uh, to believe what you believe, and I'm trying to convince you to believe what you believe. I don't think that that's a conversation. So that is sort of foolish. That's foolish. And that's what most people, I think, define as a conversation. It's not really a conversation. Are, do, do people really want to have a discussion of exploration? Are you approaching it, the conversation with judgment, or are you approaching it with curiosity? Let's start with that. I usually want to to understand the other perspective and see right. if there's something I'm missing. Um, but I'll, let me ask you a quick question. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that there's, I feel that in the last four to six years, there's been a huge shift in the number percentages of polarization where that middle ground seems to have really shrunk. Do you see that or do you, or is that just my, I think it's always been, I think it's always been there. I think it just has a platform now. It just has a voice. It 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 ha it, you know, Trump. Whether you liked him or hated him, uh, Trump was very very different than any candidate we've ever seen. And I think he represented something for obviously quite a lot of people. And what did he represent? We could argue lots. There's lots of different theories that I think they'll they'll you know in the future they'll unpack you know what is all what what was all of this but something unlocked um i think with that and 
I think those those opinions and those ideas were always there. I just think that there it it there was a platform that was given to be able to express that. Well, it um, definitely unlocked a lot of things because it wasn't it you know you know a, 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 on religious and on guns rights. You name it. It just seems like the floodgates opened. It you know in the last six years, it's it people talked about it in a more civil tone than they do now. Now it's more yeah. There's no civility with it, and and. You know, the, I think that it's just a, it's been a long time coming, to be honest with you. I think that stuff has always been burbling underneath. And then when something becomes normalized or it's given a a platform, Michael Hyatt writes a lot about platform. Um, when, you, when you're given the plat, when you have the platform, then you can, you're in a, a position of influence and power. And that can normalize a direction, whether it's right or wrong. That's, you know, I'm, I'm not here to make that determination. Uh, I have my own opinions about it, which I'm not going to share because it's <laughs> irrelevant. I think that, but here's what I think is what's going on. I think the people, um, so one is they're not really looking for a conversation. They're just looking to fight or they're looking to try to convince you to believe something that they believe, which I think is inherently interesting. And I, and, I, and I mean that not in a condescending way, but I, I think that's interesting. What is this need to convince somebody to believe like you? What does that mean for you? What does that mean for, for that person? Well, and I think for some people, depending on what it is, like for instance, when you're talking about abortion, they're talking about how they feel like you're, that, especially on the pro-life side, I'll say it that way, where that you're killing some, a life form. You know, from the moment of conception. So they feel it's a life for, I think, often a life or death situation. And I could say the same thing about people that believe in, you know, guns are inherently evil, that the, you know, uh, people are dying every day because guns are on the street. So I think some of them, it's almost an exist, I'm not going to say the word right today, exens, ex, that if existential? They don't, that's the word. I couldn't say it. Yeah. That if they didn't, de if we don't deal with it, that, or the environment, you know, just global warming that, hey, the life of our species, our entire civilization is at risk mm -hmm. if we don't do certain things. So, there's, I think in some regards, there's that belief that this is something we have to deal with and we have to deal with it right now. And you need to understand why and you need to understand my side. And then there's the others that go, well, you're absolutely wrong. You know, for whatever, it's life doesn't begin at conception. Guns aren't inherently evil. And no, there's no global warming. It's global cooling. You know, and so some some just like to have the argument. Some believe that things aren't as dire as they they are, but just like you, you know, I just think that that's a lot of the people is just there's just oh my god, it's just it, there's a an immediacy that needs to be addressed. Yeah, the the reality is is that there are certain places where having those kinds of again I put air quotes conversations, and I'm. Again, I'm very hesitant to call something a conversation when it's a conversation is is conversing. I think in a respectful way that where there's an a, a point of discovery that's that's as the aiming point. I don't think most things I would qualify as conversations. I think there those are inappropriate. There are environments that are absolutely inappropriate to be having those conversations. The flight deck of an airplane is one of those. That is not a place. It's, it's irrelevant to the operation. It's irrelevant to your job. 
I understand you have to sit there for 12 hours and fart in the same seat, whatever. But like, that's your job. Your job is not to sit up there and talk politics or religion or anything else that is other than related to the functions of your job. And if you cannot do that in a respectful way, in a way that does not create opportunity for hostility and agitation, then it is not something that you should be doing. I really do believe that. I think that there's a safety element that, and there are some stories I could tell you um, that I've been consulted on from mental health perspectives that would blow your mind. I mean, the, the breach of safety that has happened because some of these discussions. And then you add in people with guns in the flight deck, which we have. It is not a place for people to be getting agitated about their belief system. You know, if you're flying with an FFDO, my God, do not have convert Like that is absolutely off limits as far as I'm concerned. Because there's a gun. You know, I used to, when I had an office in uh, downtown Denver, where I would see a lot of pilots. I still have an office, but most of it's telehealth at this point because COVID just sort of changed. People don't really want to come back. and It's much easier, but whatever. Uh, but I would have... Um, I would ask every person when they when I would first meet them come in I would say are you armed and some of these guys would say yeah and I would say you need to go put your weapon in your car because if if you don't feel safe here without a gun this isn't the place for you this is not the right thing for you because Think about doing therapy. What could come up with somebody with a gun? And and psychologists and therapists have been murdered because of situations like this. So, what were, what were the reactions of those that you said that to? Um, usually, they complied. They were like, "Oh, okay, yeah, no, no problem. Um, I can do that." Hold on a second. There is a massive spider. <laughs> on my wall i think i'm gonna kill it well spiders can be good too you know they, they catch the flies uh let me get a cup to get this thing out of here hold on a second <laughs> hold on well while uh matt is doing that obviously i guess uh spiders are a uh, persona non grata or in this case spider non grata in his world there um i'd sing for you but you really wouldn't like it so uh i think we'll skip that but um while uh, one of the things i was telling matt while we were uh doing our our uh pre-podcast conversation was that there were some very challenging conversations that occurred at times in the cockpit and especially when you're a new hire trying to figure out how to deal with it it can be very, very challenging because obviously you're a new hire, you're on probation. So how do you deal with something like that when you basically are in a very subordinate position and don't want to lose or, or be put your, put your career at risk because someone's pontificating a certain position? Um, 
usually it was it was had to do with religion or um, right to life, and occasionally guns. There were some very hardcore right and very hardcore left, and it on a three or four day trip, it could be extremely challenging to walk that middle ground without just just sort of saying yes 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 because they would write a re- they had a requirement to write a probationary report on you after every trip and um some of them could be well let's just say less than complimentary i won't say vindictive but definitely could have made life very very ch- you know difficult for you during your probationary year so it was just you just didn't want to deal with it. You, the, you know, you were trying not to cause any more waves. Do your job. Do it right. Do it with the minimum amount of conflict or concern about putting your job at risk. So, uh, thankfully, it was only a handful, but those were very, very long trips. But... um it seems for me, at least lately, having conversations, and I do try to have conversations because I want to understand, has become very, very difficult with so many people to the point where some people don't even want to talk to you because you don't agree with everything they say. And that, and it's hard when you've had what you would think are friendships of many years all of a sudden dissolve overnight because... Now they feel like they've been able to grieve their errands, uh, uh, their their thoughts, and you're not on their team. Uh, now that I've pontificated enough, I will bring back to uh, um, the story to Matt, and we'll see how much <laughs> yeah. of this actually ends up in the podcast. Okay, we'll see. Because if he's smart, he'll get rid of every bit oh, I just my said. God. So no, no. Um, <laughs> so like, but uh, so uh, most of these people were pretty respectful of that. But there were ones that said, no, I want to be armed. And I would say, I'm sorry, I cannot work with you. And that's just a, you know, that's a safety related issue. Because things get, the point of this is that things get charged. People get charged. Get activated. Yep. Get activated. And we, do you want somebody activated uh, in a enclosed environment that's safety critical? Is that, the point is to try to decrease activation, not increase it. So, these topics are activating for people and but here's what i believe i don't believe you can change people i think people people you can have conversations that can facilitate change but you can't force somebody to change you can't force somebody to think like you or believe like you and i i i have flown with with people where they would try to get into stuff and i you know i would just kind of keep it light try to keep it light but i would say look if they know kind of what my beliefs are and they're trying to change us, look, let me ask you this question. Is there anything I could say, anything I could say that would make you flop your position to mine? And they would usually say, no. And I'd say, is there anything that you could say that would make me flop, flip flop my position. I would say, I, I don't think so. Maybe, but, but I don't think so. So then there's no point in having a conversation about this. Where it's, there's no point. So let's talk about what we're going to go get for dinner. You can't change people. 
you can't make somebody change and and certainly the way to the, the way to make somebody not change is to preach at them mm. and make them try to make them feel as if they're wrong like that that's just absurd that doesn't facilitate anything i can't tell you how many when i was flying with them that were captains and we would talk and and a lot a lot of them liked the quality of life issue they they wanted to be senior in a seat and not uh, and be able to to choose their schedule and and so i would ask him you know how come you're, you're pretty junior right now why are you in the left seat and he said i went to the left to the left seat because i was tired of listening to the guy who was in the left seat so now that i'm in the right at uh, that seat i i don't i'm not forced to have to listen to a captain and it was interesting that the reason that they would actually go there because they just got tired of unfortunately even for most people there still is a there's a hierarchy there's a captain and a first officer and um yeah, the captain see, I, sets I, the tone of the of the of the flight and if i just I, yeah i understand that but i think that's horseshit i mean i i think i understand that but like we're not in the military there's not Yes, the captain is uh, the uh, ultimately it's the captain's word, uh, unless he's crazy, and then you overtake the captain. Well, that's safety of flight issue now. Absolutely, which is, ha happens. Um, but I I don't believe like we are. This is a civilian job. I am not. I don't have to sit here and listen to something that has nothing to do with our job. There's nothing in our job description and any job description at, of any airline that says your job is to listen to somebody pontificating or s explaining to you a belief system that has nothing to do with the function of your job. And if it creates a hostile work environment, uh, every FO has a right to say, I'm not comfortable talking about this with you. And if that damages CRM, then go get then then call your MOD and get pulled from the trip. But there's nothing in your job description that says I have to listen to you talk about religion or politics or whatever the hell it is that you believe that may be diametrically opposed to my belief system. We there's nothing that says we have to have those conversations. Even if you are the captain and I'm the FO, or I'm the captain and you're the FO. If I'm the captain, it doesn't give me the right to say, I'm going to preach at you about what I believe, and you're going to sit there and take it. There's nothing in your job description that says that. And that's why I'm a firm believer, if this is a, a point of contrast that has a point to be charged, leave it out of the flight deck. There's plenty of other things to talk about. There's plenty of other things to talk about. And if there isn't, then just be quiet. Just do your job. You know? Do your job. Do your freaking job. I'm sorry if you're bored and you're, you know, you just don't like your job or you don't like the hours and then go find another job. I mean, that like stay in your lane of doing your job. You can tell I've worked pro standards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you bunch of idiots. Oh, you you why why can't you get what were you talking about? Well, that's that's dumb. You're a democrat, you're a republican or you're pro choice and you're you're, you know, pro life. People say pro abortion. Nobody's pro abortion. It's it's pro choice to to make an abortion. I mean, just saying, right?
Yeah, but it's I, like I misspoke them that way. Yeah, but no, but I mean that's people say it all the time, and it's like I've I've have clients that have had abortions. It, it was not, uh, you know, they loved it and just can't wait to go do that. It was very difficult. It's the the right to choose is the 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 the, the yep, you know choice. the position. Um, but it's like if if you're have the you know these two things you've established that, and then you decided to get into this. You both should be fired. <laughs> Seriously, you know, it wouldn't I be mean, much of like, an airline if for any airline if that happened. Yeah, you both should be punished because you're. You know what? You're being punished. You're being punished for being stupid. That's what you should be punished for. What do you really think you're going to change this person's mind or about religion, a belief in God or Allah or a, you know, trying to make a Jew into a Christian? Or I mean, it's like. How stupid can you be? How stupid can you be? Say it, Carl. I said pretty stupid. Pretty <laughs> stupid. It's like, stop trying to change people. Just just go with your thing. You know? And I think like, but here's what I believe. I think if you have to go around evangelizing and trying to convince other people, and I know this is like very counter to, you know, a lot of Christian beliefs, which is you have to save everybody. And I was raised a Catholic, just very transparently. Didn't say I'm a Catholic now, but... And there's a difference between religion and spirituality, but we don't have to get into that now. But like, but if, if, you, if you think you're going to save somebody in a, in a, you know, through a conversation in the cockpit, I'm sorry, like you're, like you're deluding yourself. It'd be like somebody trying to save you from your Christianity. How do you think that's going to go? You know, it's, it's like, use your head, really. Use your head. And I think the people that are doing this all the time are doing it because they've lost purpose in their life. They, they, they actually lack meaningful purpose. If you got to go out and do that and shove your belief system, whether it's politics or religion or, or whatever the hell it is, and try to shove that down somebody else's throat, you, you've lost, you, you, you don't have an aiming point. Your aiming point is not there. And you can't change people. I mean, there's the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can. And here's the key. Here's the key piece. And the wisdom to know the difference. Yep. It's, it's you know... If you don't have the wisdom to know that, you need to get it. Hopefully, I'm giving you some of it today. Hopefully, our conversation that we're having is people will benefit from that. So I think it's it's a very we've gotten into a very divisive place. I think some of it has to do with technology. It's the immediacy of a, a ticker, a, 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 a constant scroll of information. It convinces you to feel like you're like the like it's War of the Worlds is coming. And there are real things like, you know, if you don't believe COVID is real, you know, it was the, the response sucked, but was, is COVID real? Yes, COVID is real. Uh, science is a real thing. It's not a choice. Yes, science is an ongoing change. It, you know, it changes all the time and it's, it's always developing. Uh, but science is a real thing. If, if you don't think global warming is there, is there climate changes? I, I view, look, I go with what the science says. I don't go with opinions. And look, if you don't believe in science 
Or you think, well, no, those scientists are, and there's there's a scientist that says this, that's, that's counter that. I look for peer-reviewed, empirically validated platforms to determine science. But, so all of that aside, you, you, you know, there's so much information that we're bombarded with nonstop and, uh, that you and, feel like the world is just an unsafe place in every way. Well, and I think also the other part of the technology piece, and I think you you were uh, saying it indirectly, is the fact is that just about every point of view now has a platform, whereas before there was a lot more vetting and filtering of things before they were put in front of you, good or bad. There, you didn't now before if someone believed the Earth was flat, there were only so many people that they were going to be come in contact with. Yeah. Now all of a sudden the internet has allowed them to say, oh, there's a whole, you know, uh, a whole group of people, 10,000, 100,000. Yep. So now if you have a point of view, I guarantee that there's someone out there on the internet that, that will agree with you. And now all of a sudden you can create this commonality and this community and all of a sudden go, I'm right. Whereas before think people would say, the, are you really right? Well, now like, you just, you do it. Think about the psychological impact that that has in in a in a flight deck. Yep. When you show up for work, or or look, or a surgical suite, or a courtroom, or a boardroom, like it's making people really anxious. I think we 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 feel the the level of anxiety is so high. It's 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 of pandemic proportions, and anxiety is a fear of in many respects it's a fear of the future it's where is the tiger that's around the corner that's 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 going to eat me and it's very easy to convince yourself that everything is unsafe everything is unsafe and, and that's some of the safety stuff that you know we've we've touched on that too is like it's gone you know to this like i need a safe environment that which means we can't talk about like okay i'm going to criticize you for um your performance saying you know that was not up to snuff and oh i can't have those conversations because that that makes me feel unsafe that that is like it's so swung it's gone so extreme that's what i've said over and over is it's so far to the left it's so far to the right of the mean ab yep. or above or below Let's say that. Let's not say left or right because that's got political implications. I what I mean is it's so far away from the mean. It's gone like three standard deviations below to three standard de deviations above that we think that's like the norm. If you know what a, a bell curve is, what percentages of you know standard deviations like five percent are three percent above or five or low. It's not the the majority of the population, but it's gone so far off the rails. But those where you three don't even to five know what but that small section is the one that dominates. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. But yep. it does not represent the, the majority of the population. It so where's the off-ramp? Where's the off-ramp? Awareness, standards, standardization, uh, alternatives. Like, you know, training people. Like, let's just stay in our lane of the flight deck. I think training people on what are things that you can meaningfully discuss that aren't activating or training people on, look, it seems like here's some behaviors that you can observe in your, in your, your co 
your co-pilot, your, your co-captain, your captain, whatever, your, the person you're flying with, where you may be touching on something that isn't a good idea. Some basic interpersonal training and how to like work back from that. Say, look, okay, let's, let's create an environment that is conducive to safety, number one, and uh, you know, just uh, interpersonal satisfaction, number two. But there's like no training at all in interpersonal, uh, you know, interactions and generational interactions. You know, what does the boomer have to do with <laughs> the, 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 the millennial or the Z? You know, like there's ways you can actually have very meaningful um, uh, time together. But it's like, no, you just throw them in the flight deck and expect them to work it out. And that is showing to be a problem. There's huge differences. And the airlines have to really get on top of this if they want to, because there's going to be some pretty, there's pretty serious safety implications around this. So I think interpersonal training, emotional intelligence, like EQ, it's not just IQ, but EQ, learning to, to train some of that up to proficiency is, is a good thing. And also just like creating some standards of, you know, I know it's like the captain sets the tone. That always bothered me. Because it's like, well, okay, sets the tone of what? Of safety? Well, that should be the tone. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course the captain should set the tone, but it's like the captain sets the tone of being an asshole the whole trip. Unacceptable. Not that's not acceptable just because of you know leading by 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 position of 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 power by position or force is not actual leadership. That's poor leadership. That's 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 awful leadership. You don't lead by position or force. And a good captain should set a tone that is one of inclusiveness and teamwork and safety first and being able to monitor that maybe these are conversations that should not be had. But see, here's the key word you used, should. There's no requirement for them to do that. There's like they're like the like I've always said in in the cockpit, there are more than one way to do something well you could outright wrong. you could outright ban conversations of 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 but activation that can almost, points that can almost depending on who it is can almost create its own uh potential safety issues um depending how on so? how that other person reacts how so well what if it, what if there was a and i'm gonna say let's just spitball here what if there was a policy that says you we we don't talk about um these these topics because there's history has proven that they're too activating you can so we, say we that. do not it allow them to be doesn't mean that will about. happen short of them putting the cockpit voice recorder and having them be able to audit it which nobody wants that's the only way you, there, the cdr said said, is always on guys it is but the, they're not going to pull it under normal circumstances unless mm -hmm. there's an incident mm -hmm. but what i'm saying is i think that it can the it's almost like uh, after after the strikes, when you had scabs that were in the air, in the aircraft, that was unsafe environments. Even though you may be doing your job professionally, they that was the it was there were some very very challenging flights that occurred with with somebody that because they didn't some of them had been felt like everything you did was an attack on them. They just had to figure out what it was. Whatever you said, whatever you did, you were dissing them. You were trying to embarrass them, humiliate them. And so even if you were very 
did your job and nothing but, sometimes it was a very challenging flight to have to go through because they didn't trust you and didn't believe that you were looking at, that you, you weren't trying to, excuse my language, screw them. So I'm just but saying even like, it, but I mean, think about this, so even just the, like, like the word scab, um, like what have we done to our profession? Like what have we done to our culture? That is like, you don't, you don't agree with me. So screw you. I remember getting on a, a riding a jump seat on a United jump seat once, one time. And I was on the jump seat. The captain's like, you know, okay. He, he pulls out this book and he <laughs> finds it. He goes, okay, you're good. And there's three, there's three guys in there, right? There's the pilot, the first officer, and there's a, another guy in the jump, which is a pilot. And then there's me. And the captain goes, hey, my name's, you know, whatever. And this is my first officer. And he shakes his hand. And then he points at the other, the other jump seat and he goes, and that guy's a scab. We don't talk to him. Isn't that the same thing as you don't agree with me? So I'm going to create a hostile work environment. I mean, or, I, you know, I, you don't agree. You don't agree with me. So screw you. And look, I understand the whole, like, I've, I've talked to people that have been scabs, quote unquote scabs. I think it's a very derogatory term it's a human being um the, you don't know their reasons you don't know their reasons just like they don't know your reasons i agree with you that being said the the prevailing thought out there is that you basically cared so little about your fellow man that you were willing to basically take their job from them that's how they looked at it um, let me ask uh, you a question. Let me take, tell let you me a quick you a story. Question. Well, let me ask you one question. Sure. If your wife was sick and dying of a disease, and you couldn't afford to lose your insurance, you couldn't afford to lose your income, what would you do? Would you would you quit for the fellow man, or would well, you save your family? Let me tell you the story that ties in exactly what you just said. I flew with a captain. He had been with Eastern, and. And he was, hey, they had, they were having strike parties to keep the solidarity during the strike. And about four or five months into the strike, they were having one. And he and his best friend, they were at a little place where there was like a pond or a small lake. And they were out on the lake together having a drink. And the guy goes, he said, I just want to let you know, I want to tell you first. He said, um, that tomorrow I'm going to cross the line. He said, why? He said, well, you know, he was talking about how his wife was really really sick yep. and and there was just no money left and that the, uh, the management had contacted him and said if you cross we'll give you we'll cover you we'll reinstate your health insurance immediately and you'll be able to get your wife her um uh the medical um need you know needs that she uh, is needs to have and the guy said please don't do that please don't do that and he goes he said i just don't see any other way i have i have nothing left that i can do and he, and he told me, he said, they spent the rest of the day, they, they drank and they cried and they hugged. And I, and I asked him, whatever happened? Have you seen the guy since? Because he, he said he crossed the next day. And he go, and I, I'll never forget this statement. He goes, the next time I see him is when I piss on his grave. This was, when, this was his best friend. That was how polarizing and how strong that was and, and how he felt like, you know, 
there were there was no reason and i you know I, that's something i've thought about what would i do that's a you know because at the end of the day somebody always said they always have a story everybody has a story and so you're right everybody's a human being the ones that i that i really have a dislike for if you want to say the ones said i don't give a damn about you i just did it because of the money and it allowed yeah. me to go to the front of the line and yep. get super seniority. Yep. Then I, those I, are the I ones agree. I have no, no, no um, lost love for. Right. The others, there, there are some very difficult things, and not everybody knows what they are. So yep. yeah, right. There's can be that can be. I think I think decision making is. I think you have to have latitude. I, I there's context. Things are yep. not just black and white. As much as we want to believe that they are, and I'll tell you this. It's that, you know, you haven't walked a day in my shoes. It's very easy to be an armchair quarterback about what is right or wrong. But I can tell you, I sit with people all day, with pilots all day, that are going through crazy, um, I mean, incredible things. And their situations are dynamic and they're, they're unique to them. And it's not always just black and white. And it's so easy to pass judgment. You know, judging, just judging the shit out of everybody. It's it's kind of a fool's run. It's like, you don't know. You know, I, I wish people would just stop acting like they know everything about everybody else. They don't know crap about every about you people barely even know themselves, much less what's better for everybody else. Like if people just focused a little bit more on and living a life of virtue and values and showing up as the best person that they're capable of being instead of just walking around judging everybody else i think we'd be a lot better off we'd be a lot better off and anytime when people sp spend all of their time judging other people usually their lives are the, the biggest dumpster fire of all and it's so easy to just distract yourself and focus on somebody else instead of focusing on what's in the mirror. So I'm very skeptical of really judgy people. Usually there's a reason that they're spending all their time judging other people and not really working on themselves. E look, everybody's got their own stink. Yep. Everybody. There's Don't an forget that. saying everyone's got an opinion and it usually stinks. Yeah, but you know I, what? You know, it's it's like I I think at some point you've got to figure out how what's the best way to live. Do you want to do you want to live with some love in your heart or do you want to live with hate in your heart? It's up to you. You want to go piss on people's graves? I mean, if that's what you want, if that's a virtuous life, then go for it. But I think that's the recipe for 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 illness, to be honest with you. You know, at the beginning of this uh episode we said we were going to talk about lighthearted stuff thank god we did. <laughs> wow boy yeah wait no, yeah ladies and gentlemen, wait until you get when wait until you see how what happens when we get serious tell me to go dark and it'll probably <laughs> yeah. be a big comedy thank god we didn't go you know. dark today yeah but, uh, but I, I, here's the takeaway <laughs> think about the impact that this is having on your your emotional health the like the conversations that you're having the, the like the getting into some of this stuff is this making you more anxious? Does this is this life giving or is this just death giving? I think we got to be very careful and really is you know is that something we want to bring into a safety critical environment? Is that a really good idea? You know, I'll leave it to you all to make that decision. Send some emails, let us know. 
Well, I think he just took my ending out, uh, closing out of, away from me. Other than, please give us a like, give us a review, let people know uh, what your thoughts are. This, this, especially the very end of our conversation here, is a very polarizing one for pilots. So, uh, give us your thoughts. As always, we appreciate you and we thank you for being a part of our community. And we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. If you want to dive deeper into this episode and every episode, go to our website, lifteffect.com forward slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you'd follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your support. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all with the ID Matthew McNeil. This show is brought to you by Lift Effect, a clinical mental health and consulting company that assists air carriers, corporate flight departments, pilot unions, and commercial pilots by providing comprehensive psychotherapy and mental skills coaching services to pilots with mental health and mental performance related issues. Visit lifteffect.com, that's L-I-F-T-A-F-F-E-C-T.com to book your free consultation. And finally, this podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of counseling, psychotherapy, medicine, or any other healthcare service, including the giving of medical advice. No therapeutic or provider-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional psychological advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining advice for any psychological or medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Lift Effect podcast.